Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Wild Wild Will. This is like, uh, well, I'm Mark, Lily, Eric here. This is like the, the cousin of the, the Night Cruising podcast, which was the podcast all about Tom Cruise. This is like True Detective, where none of the seasons are connected, but they're within the same like category. Sure. This one's about Will Smith actor will smith we're going to go through all of his movies and talk about all of his movies and just just a couple of housekeeping things guys mm-hmm. first off night cruise and podcast you have to be subscribed to the patreon now mm-hmm. so patreon.com slash the gentleman's club it's just four bucks a month you can listen to us break down tom cruise's career any new episodes though like top gun 2 is coming out Maverick. Yeah, yeah, that one's coming out. That'll be for everybody. Honestly, we saw the preview again at the theaters. I think it looks kind of good. Yeah, look top gunny. Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash the gentleman's club. It's four bucks a month. You get all the night cruising and gentlemen's club podcasts and all that stuff. But this one is Wild Wild Will, all the Will Smith movies, and we just want to say we're not sellouts. We we chose this before the slap. You know, the slap happened. Watched it in real time. It was fucking wild and jarring. And just immediately I was like, damn it. People are going to think we chose Will Smith because of this damn slap. But we have the receipts, people. We have the text messages. We hemmed and hawed about what actor or actress we wanted to do. You know, we even talked about if we should switch it after the slap because I want credibility, you know, I want credibility. But the idea that we called it wild, wild will after he wildly slapped a person is fucking great. Uh, Mark, didn't you announce it on one of the Patreon episodes for Gentleman's Club? Oh, that's the juice you get. You get one. This is the juice you get when you sign up for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gentleman's Club. Just four bucks a month. You had an extended Gentleman's Club episodes where I I tell you little secrets and tidbits like that. But also I talk shit about my family Hmm. on the Patreon side of the Gentleman's Club episode. Can I ask you a question? Because I'm not going to listen to the Patreon side. Four bucks a month. I might start paying for it. Okay, two questions. One is, I think you announced the Will Smith thing with a timestamp on that. So we can confirm this was before the slap because you announced it before the Oscars. No, I I announced it after the Oscars. Oh, shit. Yeah, because it just triggered the conversation. Um, We got text messages, though. Like, there's only text messages between the three of us. Yeah. And like we came up with the name and you, Mark made the logo well mm-hmm. before. So. You're just going to have to trust us. Also, no, we got to switch to we got to switch to Mickey Rooney. Oh, wait, Eric, were there. you were you against the Will Smith concept? No, no, no. I think I think I, I like the Will Smith one. I think that some of the ones, you know, what? because my whole thing was I always kept saying, let's do a short, a shorter one. Mm-hmm. And this one, you know, he, he's got a lot of movies. Um, I think I threw out like an actress from the 1940s that made like two and a half films. And we would just do that real quick. OK, but, you uh, never named probably. her. You just kept being like, we should do an actress from long ago. <laughs> like you never <laughs> actually named an actress. Um, 
what's my other housekeeping? I'm forgetting. Oh, I got so I got two. One, Rosa Rochester's coming up Friday, June 3rd. Yeah. Are you going to be there? Comedy to Carlson, carlsoncomedy.com. Get your tickets. And um, I mean, I'm I I assume I'm not like announcing anything I shouldn't be because you have an Instagram of it. But you should follow. Can he announce this, Eric? I'm not announcing it. We'll just follow Eric's Instagram. Eric, what's your Instagram? Oh, uh, House of Christmas Past. It's and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, uh, you know, I'm a be cryptic about it. Just follow and you try to figure out is it a band I'm starting? Is it a movie I'm trying to make? Is it a band I'm trying to start? <laughs> okay. Wow. I do. I like His improv skills. <laughs> I do enjoy the content you've posted so far. It's very, um, it's like nostalgically spooky, which like I, mm. you know, it does definitely a vibe, but it just like hit me so hard where I was just like, oh, where, you know, I got a little creeped out. Yeah, Check out Eric's project House of Christmas Past. Oh, thanks, guys. On Instagram. Um, I have a bit of housekeeping also. So Rosa Rochester's coming up. I will be there. Um, bring your Sharpies. I will sign any titties. Um, and number two. If Eric's there, my man is tall. He is eating gummies and he is handsome. Wait. So if you're any single ladies out there, COVID positive, <laughs> COVID positive. <laughs> spread it around. Come I'm on, come I'm drool over this man. <laughs> I won't be there. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Bridgerton lately, so I feel like you know I'm just you're like, Miss Whisperbottom, Miss <laughs> Whipple, Whipple no, Snapper. I'm like um, Miss I'm Violet Bridgerton, where Eric Featherfucker. is. Eric is my son that it's the season and I'm bringing him to all prospective young lasses. Oh, my God. Just fucking follow his Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I I have my eyes only set on one person. Eric, I am married. That tall girl from that movie, Tall Girl. What was it called? Okay, uh, Eric, she's like a child. Oh, is she and really? it's called Tall Girl. Oh, no. Did I just say something I shouldn't have said? No, no. She's, she's of age, but, you know. I got my eyes on Ricky Lake. <laughs> Dude, I, I have so much to say about Ricky Lake. I love her. But we'll okay. Get her. Yeah, we're going to get into this. I can Mark left me very dismayed for this podcast it's a new season a new podcast i don't know maybe i thought a new mark because before during tom cruise he had his wikipedia page that he worked off of that said that that said that tom cruise was born in like 1672 he was not prepared at all for this one with will smith i know will smith better than i know my own kids okay um (sighs) I don't think that's accurate. I don't think you know either. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I'm really excited that we're doing Will Smith because he is not just straight to movies. Like, I think it's very interesting that he has two other careers going before movies. Obviously, him and um, DJ. Jazzy J. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Jazzy J. Jazzy Jeff, guys. Come on. Oh. DJ Jazzy Jeff and him were the French and the Fresh Prince. Like, we all know those songs. Um, they started in like 1984, 1986, and they had it going on, man. Like, they won the very 
first Grammy for best rap performance. It's like, isn't that crazy? Like the, like <laughs> the very first Grammy for rap performance and Will Smith got it for um, parents just don't understand. Mm, good song. Yeah. And their biggest song was in 91, which was summertime, which again, I love, I love that rap is about, you know, like, like African-American culture and like inner city culture. And the first rap song that the Grammy, the Grammy goes (laughs) to his parents just don't understand. Okay. Guys, parents are just, they just don't understand. But it has held the test of time. I don't think I know that fucking song. What? Take it from me. Parents just don't understand. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. that. I mean, it, it seems like all you need to know. Um, so, yeah. So he had like a successful music career going. And I feel like everyone knows this about Will Smith, but like he doesn't swear in his raps. He's clean. So he's like very easily, easily marketed. Like he also everybody. did that song, A Nightmare on My Street, which oh. was A Nightmare on Elm Street, one of the movies. It's A yeah. Nightmare on My Street. That's so good. Classic, classic. And then he was able to parlay that music talent into The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the TV show that started in 1990. So like, kudos. Everyone knows that show. Obviously, it's like a comedy, some, you know, a little bit of drama here and there. You know, they got a heart to the show. So is that a TGIF, by the way? No. Was that part of the TGIF? No, I don't think so. No. I mean, we fucking watched it religiously. So, yeah. Watch the I shit mean, out of it. Everyone watched it. Yeah. I mean, it has its own dance move. I it's think iconic. we watched it, though. When we were watching it, we were watching it in syndication. Really? Yeah, because it was on at like seven, six or seven. Those are syndication hours, baby. Weird. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're watching old episodes. Yeah, yeah. We were watching them like, oh, a new episode is out. You might have been. You just might have been too little to remember. You know, saying it went from 1990 to 1996. Aired on NBC. Yeah, so definitely not TJF. but like, I feel like that's interesting because like, so we did Tom Cruise and he was straight to movies. So I think it's like interesting to watch someone go from like music to getting their own TV show. And honestly, he could have just like sat and done TV. But then he was like, no, let's parlay this into a movie career. And I'm really happy because I know we debated what movie to start with. Tom Cruise, we did all the ones where he's a lead, except for two Patreon episodes. So there was a discussion of, do we just start with Bad Boys? There are two movies before that, Where the Day Takes You and Six Degrees. And I am so genuinely thrilled that we started at the tip with Where the Day Takes You, because I think it is so insightful for where Will Smith wanted to take his career. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I feel like this movie to me was like a huge signifier of where he wanted to take his career into movies. I feel like I feel like Will Smith different than Tom Cruise. Will Smith is almost like uh, 
like comparable to like a, a Nickelodeon or Disney kid, mm. like a Zendaya triple threat. Yeah, mm. like an iCarly I chick, My, Miley Cyrus, where it's like, no, he's just a young dude that was like, so he's saying and dancing stuff. And then he, they put him on a TV show that caters well to it. Mm-hmm. But he just got a group of people around him that are making these decisions for him to be like, oh, we got this kid. OK, we got to get we got to get his album out. We got to get his TV show. Go. We got to get his film. I think that's how his career started. I, I feel like he's like Disney Disney kid all the way. Like he wasn't a Disney kid. But he wasn't like, necessarily a kid kid. Like his first a, album a came out when he like was just about to graduate high school. Yeah, it's a kid. I don't know. <laughs> so that's how I feel. Where it's like Tom Cruise is just an actor. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were so they were looking for shit to put. They were like, we this guy's good. We got to just put him in shit. And they were just mm-hmm. finding shit to put him in. But that's why I think this movie. Is very telling because it it you know what? I feel like you nailed it on the head for me with a Zendaya. Where it's like, okay, she's in like this fun, comedic, like upbeat show. The whole family can watch it. We're going to try and give her like a singing career, almost like, you know, a la Hilary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, like all of them. And then they go like the actor Zendaya. Will Smith goes, yo, there's more to me. I want to take this darker. I want to take this deeper. And I feel like this movie is a very dramatic step away from the Fresh Prince, both the Fresh Prince as a music artist and Fresh Prince as a TV show. This is not a fucking comedy. And it's not yeah. clean. He said some funny shit. <laughs> okay. And and you'll see that even in the next movie with Six Degrees and then even going into Bad Boys. Obviously, Bad Boys has it caters more to what Will Smith's good at, but it's mm-hmm. like it's a R-rated like action film. It's not catering to the Fresh Prince Bel Air audience. We couldn't see Bad Boys because you're too young to go see Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I admit not to bury the lead, but I guess my whole thing with this movie, I'm so glad we fucking started with this because to make that Tom Cruise comparison, I think I said this on the Tom Cruise podcast, and I'm not trying to demean Tom Cruise because I think he's a fucking good actor, but something we've often said, and I often said, was Tom Cruise doesn't have raw charisma talent. I think he's just such a fucking go-getter and tries his hardest. He can reach those levels of good acting. I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but what I'm saying is he really gives it his all. But I don't think he's someone where it's just like, dang, he's just got that natural thing or whatever. Mm. I think on the flip side, Will Smith has that natural thing. He is full of charisma. He's full Mm -hmm. of like, he's very natural. And from his first movie, it's like, oh, he's raw talent. And his career is now people being like, let's shape this raw talent into a mm. big movie star. Um, so that those were the distinctions I was seeing. Even So I'm glad we watched his first one because from the get-go, he's good. Even though he's in this for five seconds, he's fucking good. And he has natural charisma. Yeah, he's got, but he's, he's got that. But I also think he works just as hard as Tom Cruise. Sure. Yeah. Right. I think um, I guess we'll I guess we'll see as we go along over the course. But I definitely under like I think Tom Cruise has a natural something. I don't think you make it that big in movies without like that natural something like Tom Cruise was handsome. He's got that million dollar smile. But like as we navigated through Tom Cruise, it was just like he also has like 
an obsessive controlling personality. And I say that as like a pro to him. Like I think his career wouldn't have reached the levels that it reached if he wasn't so involved, like picking the directors he wanted, picking the writers that he wanted, doing the things that he wanted. As where I can, I see what Erica's saying. Like, I feel like Will Smith could just like walk in any room and like, he's just like funny and he's just like charming. He's just like handsome. And it's just like more of a, this guy could probably do anything he wanted to do. It's just a choice of what he would like to do. Yeah. All right. Do I'm going to break down this movie? Break it the fuck down. Uh, before I do, I just want to say, I think it's fair game to say that Jada Pinkett Smith is a crazy person. Okay. Right. No, where, we, no, we can. Where we are there, talking yeah. about Will Smith. We are not yeah. going to start negative stereotypes. No, wait, that's not negative stereotype. She's nuts, man. Okay. She's abusive. We're, no, she's we're not. Abusive. We are not starting this podcast. Like hey, she's a, no, like no, she's listen, not a normal person. She's not involved in this movie or even in this portion of his mm. life yet. We like when we get to it. If we want to talk about Jada, we can. But I'm just saying, let's tread lightly. We're not gonna like. <laughs> we're but there's so many connotations, so many negative stereotypes and connotations about black women, and we're not about to start them at the fucking get go, Mark. Okay. She's, Leave Jada out of no, this. She's she's normal. All right. Where the day takes you. You're end up on the red table top. Listen, guys, where the day takes you. Released on September. Eric wants to leave September. his podcast. Listen, Eric's done. He's not Check doing it. another one. Where the day takes you. Released on September 11th, 1992. Second worst thing to happen on that. <laughs> where Wait, the day what else takes. Happened on 1992? <laughs> on September 11th. All right. Where the day takes you. Fucking rough start. <laughs> we couldn't keep it together for fucking. A- AKA Gen X's outsiders. Where the day oh. takes. I don't know what oh. the fuck I'm talking about. Where the day takes you is. It, it was filmed for $3 million box office, $390,000, a real bomb. stinker. <laughs> it's got it's got like every Gen X actor and actress, Christian Slater, Will Smith, David Arquette. What's her name? Laura, David Laura, Arquette. Laura, oh, yeah. yeah, David Arquette. yeah. Laura Flynn Boyle. David Duchovny. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Lake. Uh-huh. Our boy Sam Wise from the Shire, Hobbitsville. Let's go. Sean Aston. Sean Aston. And then who's the main Alyssa guy? Alyssa Milano was in uh, it too. Uh, yep. Who's the main guy? I don't Mark Rocco. Oh, uh, Dermot directed. Mulroney. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Mulroney. Dar- Dermot, Dermot He's Mulroney. in stuff. All right. So sorry. This movie is about um, uh, a ragtag gang of runaway homeless kids in L.A. Um, we got our main character. Was his name King? King. King. And he just gotten out of prison. Some people were saying for murdering his girlfriend. I think he just smacked her around a little bit because he was he would definitely not be out at 20 years old for murdering. Right. I don't think that's what he was. People for. were joking around in the in the movie that he murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, well, it had to do with his prison sentence. Oh, OK, so he's in prison. He got out and the whole movie, he's like 
talking to his parole officer. There's like an interview going on, right? Like that's part of his parole or whatever shit. And he meets back up with his ragtag gang of runaway homeless uh, white kids in L.A. And they're living like underneath a bridge or some shit. Sean Astin's in there. He's like, uh, or excuse me, Sam Wise of the Shire. He's in there and he's like, he's <laughs> yeah. like the big drug addict. Right. And then um, there's that one kid. Is it like Junior? Who's the like his like boy? LJ. LJ. Oh, Lil J. Lil J. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like his tag was LJ. Um, and then also there's uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, who's her character is like the newest runaway, but it seems like she's she's like from rich people, right? Uh, she did such from Chicago. Oh, rich <laughs> enough. And she's like the new gal in town type of, or town in the homeless village that they're living in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they get this ragtag team and gang. And it's just about kind of like them living their homeless lives. And like, you know, some of them are everyone's got their own little story. Sean Astin, Samwise of the Shire is like he's a drug addict and he's getting addicted to heroin. Um, our boy King, like the main character, he's uh, he's kind of trying to keep everybody together, like keep the team, the family together. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the big plot that happens to him is there's this one boy. What's his name? Sammy Ray. <laughs> Tommy Lil J. Lil J. No, 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 no. The bad guy. Tommy. Oh, who knows? He's the bad Tommy. guy. Tommy. He's this. He's the bad guy who slowly becomes more and more shirtless throughout the movie. Um, Tommy, like they did. He fuck with them at first. Um, He's like a drug dealer, right? No, he's just like kind of like a crazy person. There's this guy. They Tom- go into like a dungeon <laughs> hellhole yeah. and he's in there. In a blazer with no shirt on. Yeah. And he gives a, oh, he like takes a knife out on. Yeah, them. he like pulls a knife. He pulls a knife and they're kind of like, what the fuck's with this guy's deal? But then they see him at a bus or a train station and they handcuff him. They're, beat him. They beat him up. And so like there's kind of like this bet tit for tat going on. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy comes by to their homeless village to King and he's like threatening him right he pulls a gun on him yeah, he's like right? you just beat the shit out of me yeah. i'm gonna beat the shit out of you he pulled a knife on he him pulled a knife on him and he's about to stabby stabby king and that's when lj whips out a gun bam shoots tommy oh mm-hmm. boy he's on uh, king's on parole he's gonna have to go back to the clink right well lj gets caught up uh, being a sex slave for a little bit right with that one rich white dude and and king is kind of trying to figure out how to remedy this situation he's like running from the law and all this stuff because you know somebody's murdered now and it's he's involved and and basically he tries to take everybody like his whole crew and they're gonna they're just gonna leave town right mm-hmm. they're gonna get on a bus they're gonna leave town and just as they're about to leave town the 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 heats on them the cops are there and stupid fucking lj or whatever whips out a gun again when the cops are there right the cops whipped out their guns first we, yeah. we'll get into it we'll get and into lj it. whips out his gun and they end up shooting king and now king's dead yeah the end and now laura and didn't Laura's the new king. Kind yeah, of. and they're like, uh, they, yeah, they're they're still their weird homeless family. And then it ends with a with a public service announcement. Hey, if you know any kids that ran away, call this number. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'd even mentioned Will Smith. Will Smith's kind of a side character. He's doing that. Uh, he's he did Drake and Degrassi before Drake and Degrassi did Damn. it. Will Smith in a fucking wheelchair in this bitch. It's mm. 
Is he legless? Like, he is, is legless. He's got like uh, Lieutenant Dan legs. Mm. And just I say get, he was an amputee. I <laughs> is, did I say is that not the medically correct way to say that? <laughs> nope. Um, no, a surgeon doesn't come in and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. We had a Lieutenant Dan. Well, look, he, he's like a little he's like kind of half. Um, comedic relief in the beginning, yeah. kind of like a wild guy that they also part of their a little bit uh, part of their homeless crew. Um, but at the end, he's the one that actually ends up telling Tommy where King is. Yeah. And because like Tommy's like kicking the shit out of him, you know? Yeah. Which was a which is like kind of Will Smith's big scene in that. Yeah. The end. Um, I feel like you're missing the most notable portion of this movie. And that it is just fucking Melissa Etheridge fucking singing over the course of the entire fucking movie. Is that who it was? That you. Oh, my God. That I heard it. And I was like, oh, that's Melissa Etheridge. And I was like, oh, there she is again. Oh, there she is again. Like this was apparently her fucking movie. You also missed something, Mark. Well, you didn't miss it. You actually said it, so never mind. But uh, it is basically the outsiders for the 90s because the whole shooting thing, we got to get out of town and we got to oh, yeah, yeah. And the main character, King, no offense to that actor, but he's totally playing Matt Dillon from The Outsiders. Oh, yeah, he is. You're right. Now they're saying it. The, he's the one that helps Johnny and Ponyboy find the safe house. He's the one who gets shot at the end. And our boy in this, spoilers, also gets shot at the end. So mm. it's it's kind of The Outsiders. Wow, you're right. It is kind of. I Honestly, the- I was more of like, was this the 90s grunge answer to like um, St. Elmo's Fire and like the Breakfast Club where it's like, let's get as many fucking young celebrities in one movie as humanly fucking yeah, possible. Was, yeah, Visco Girls uh, Outsiders mm. is what we'll say. It was a stacked cast. And like Mark said, like, it's just like, oh, weird. Sean Astin. Oh, weird. This person, that person, fucking Alyssa Milano. And then like an hour into the movie when you think they cannot populate it with any more people, Christian Slater shows up and you're like, what? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Every person shows up. And Christian Slater does not divert from being Christian Slater. (laughs) (laughs) Homeboy can't do anything (laughs) other than that. Okay. Alyssa Milano actually um, auditioned for the part of Heather. Laura Flynn Boyle's character and they were like they did not want to cast a um, child star in that role. She's a child star? And who's the boss? Are you fucking oh, I don't with know. me? I don't know who's the boss is. We didn't have cable, Lily. Um, <laughs> I don't think that was a cable <laughs> show, I, guys. Can I just say real quick, my favorite part of this whole movie was straight in the beginning. Um, there's a lot of movies and I think it's from this time, like ni- early 90s. I'll give the best example that I could think of from my past is maybe the second Ninja Turtles or maybe the first Ninja Turtles where they'll, they'll start off where they'll like because it takes place in New York City, the Ninja Turtles. Right. So yeah. they'll start off showing a bunch of clips of like kind of grungy New York City. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. People walking to work, maybe some people, you know, lifting a fucking TV or something. So eating a slice of pizza. They were doing that, but with L.A., like showing kind of the grimy mm. homeless. Hey, what's that sound? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And so they're showing yeah. like kind of like hard L.A., dirty L.A., real L.A. And I shit you not one of the clips. So they're showing like somebody like, you know, 
uh, swipes a wallet and somebody's maybe I don't know, like some like kind of half homeless people are getting a hot dog or I don't know, something like that. And then they just show it, dude. There's like a quick clip of some dude juggling. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, I'm juggling in the mean streets of L.A. juggling. I'm going to say this about this movie. So it fucking tanked at the box office like 300,000. Yeah, tanked. And like it was low budget. It was like three million. And like a bunch of these actors worked for like pennies against like their agents wishes. I assume Will Smith agent was definitely like, dude, you're like two, three seasons into Fresh Prince. Like you don't need to be doing this like bit role. Um, It tanked. But the reviews from like critics is like, oh, like they think it's so good. And maybe, maybe just because we're so many years out from it, I found this movie to be so like patronizing and like gross and stupid. Like, let's let's talk about the runaways. Let's talk about the the homeless youth epidemic in LA. Like it just felt so like condescending, but maybe that's just because i have all this time from it that it looks like that maybe 30 years from now my kids will watch euphoria and be like oh my god this is like so pandering about like addiction and mental health but like at the time right now it's like oh this is amazing and riveting and just what we need lily you actually bring up something that i noted down because I have a lot of thoughts about this movie and we'll get into them. But one of them that was coming up was like, it is a very, like, this is nineties movie through, through the fucking ass and out the roof. Like it's a 90s <laughs> movie. Like the music you're talking about, the style, the look, what's happening. It's like so nineties. It's ridiculous. And I kept thinking euphoria again, a show that I haven't watched. I only know it through osmosis, through clips and trailers or whatever, Instagram. When you watch it, that is such a show of the moment. And Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about the content, even though the content I'm sure is very much of the moment. And you guys probably can attest to that. I'm even talking about the filmmaking and the style. It is so of 2020, of 2021, 2022 or whatever. Like that, I'm curious. You're right. 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you'll watch and be like, oh God, this is so 2020. The same way when I was watching this, I'm like, this is fucking 90s. Like, and so I agree with your point, Lily. I'll give this, this is not a euphoria podcast, but I'll give this to euphoria. Um, whatever issues they have, which is like how much the creator and director like request nudity of the women and you know how ever they handle like um trans issues even though they do pull in their trans cast to like help tell that story at least the creator director had addiction issues like he's very much pulling from his own life and just like so a lot of like the reviews you see every four appeal just being like this is so accurate honest to how addiction is as opposed to this movie the writer just worked in a homeless shelter and i feel like that is a hundred percent a vibe i got where you could tell whoever wrote this did not live the experience but definitely was telling it from like an outsider perspective and i found it funny because like 
reviews were like, oh, this movie is so real and it doesn't romanticize like homelessness and runaways, which is funny because I was like, it totally romanticizes homelessness where it's like we're a family and we're making out on top of fucking trains and shit like that seems kind of like a romanticized version of this fucking life. You know what? I'm going to say something controversial. You guys ready for this? I don't completely disagree with you, Lily, but I think this movie actually did a lot of right in terms of depicting that life in smaller moments, which I know sounds crazy. I did not feel it was patronizing, but we can get into it. I, I think it was less. Look, if you're saying that this is a real look at homelessness, which is just people that are mentally ill for the most part that are on the street or like, you know, like, uh, like mentally ill and addicted to drugs. I, I would disagree, but I would, this reminded me more of, um, of like uh crusty, like uh grunge punk people that I used to hang out with like mm. in my twenties. Yeah. Like I'm not going to say any names, but there was people I used to <laughs> hang out with where just like, you know, they had homes, but they were pretty close to not having <laughs> homes. And this was more their lifestyle, which is like, yeah, it wasn't surprising if they slept outside a little bit, you know, yeah. or like under a bridge or something <laughs> a little bit. So I would say it's more it's closer to that lifestyle than like true homelessness. Like I went to um, a homeless shelter once to ju- like w- we were donating crap. Well, I, that's so lovely. Great stuff to the homeless people. You're we so were donating generous. stuff. And I had like a big bin of it. And I was like, there's like the door for the people that are donating stuff. And then there's the door where the homeless people go and live and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And and hang out. And I accidentally went into the door with the homeless people. Mm-hmm. And the person like there's people that work there. The volunteers looked at me and they were like, uh, what are you doing here? And they're like, and I was like, I'm trying to donate stuff. They're like, oh yeah, that's that entrance. And they were terrified that I was in the main entrance mm. type of a thing. Because like homeless people are a lot of homeless people have like mental issues. And also they probably just like deserve like privacy and dignity and like, you know, it not looks to like have he was their scared shit aired. For me type of thing. Mm. I don't. So I would say it's more of like the like uh, the grungy, nasty people that I used to hang out with, like in my late teens, early 20s. You know, I also just find I think there's something very um, again, I think it might just be because issues evolve over time. Um, I also just always find something very patronizing when you have to tell a story just like, hey, man, these people are real. And they deserve your respect and they deserve you to see them as real human beings. So I, like, I just always find that so patronizing because it's like, I don't know, I guess I'm just like at the point where it's like, fuck yeah. Like, obviously, people in these circumstances have stories and they're real fucking humans and we should have compassion for them. And that might just be because we're like, you know, 30 years out from all of that shit that I'm like, to me, that seems like the obvious, but I guess like, I don't have a reference frame for 1992 and maybe it's like, yeah, but in 92, it wasn't obvious for people to like give a shit about teens who had to like run away from home. So like yeah. you know, some of that might be like what I find patron- patronizing about it now is just that like we've like evolved and like hopefully we all just like care about like people more. 
Yeah, because I feel I, I feel like probably at the time when you were getting any of these like lessons potentially with drugs and stuff, maybe the norm was the the episode of who's the boss where someone's hooked on drugs and it's very patronizing because it's like, I'm not gonna listen to my parents, I'm gonna do drugs or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I bet when this movie came out, it's like, oh fuck, it's showing like the sexual abuse that kind of goes on, the the trade of like drugs or sex and other like more unique aspects of it it's weird okay so i agree with lily this does the thing where they're fucking riding on a train and blasting music and it's like oh dear god like this is yeah you're romanticizing this life in such like a broad way it's losing meaning to like what's your point so i agree with that and they have very dramatic like now he has the gun and the main character gets shot at the end we're like oh brother that's very like hollywood but there are these like just small moments where I'm like, oh, fuck, that's just cool. Like uh, Samwise Ganji, right? <laughs> Fucking Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of from the, the Shire. Shire. <laughs> Sam from the Shire. <laughs> he goes home to like get more jewelry or money or his suitcase or something. He just needs money. They don't establish the parents. They don't establish earlier in the movie. Like, here's his family life and blah, blah, blah and how he hates his parents and this. He literally shows up there to like get something. And in the to course steal, of yeah. In a course of a minute, he gets out of his room. He's stealing something. Cops show up. His parents call the cops. He gets taken away. And that was so refreshing where I'm like, I feel like the dramatist, like maybe the cliche thing would be like set up the parents, set up the family, set up that he robs them all the time. Next time you come, I'm I'm, I'm going to call the cops. And then the cops get called or whatever. And in this, it's just like, no, you get it. Like he's done this a hundred fucking times. They fed up with his shit and his parents leave the movie and you never catch up with them. And like that, I appreciate just like there was in this movie, they didn't do a lot of like, I don't know, the bullshit cliche shoe leathering of we got to set up this narrative and set up this. I, I even like, there's the one guy, Lil J who ends up getting the gun and shooting uh, the bad guy. He like goes into a convenience store trying to steal beer. He drops the beer hard mm. cut to the next scene. And you're like, Oh, that's just a small detail. Like, you're trying to steal something. It doesn't work out. Now we're on to the next thing. And I'm like, dang, that's just, I don't know. That's refreshing that it's not just all like, you think my parents are ever going to talk to me again and blah, blah, mm. blah. I, I, they do that in the movie, by the way. Don't get me wrong. But I'm glad it wasn't all just that. I think the the only part where I was like, oh, this person doesn't know shit about anything is it was sometimes where they're talking. There was one line where they're talking about drugs. It sounded like something I would write <laughs> as somebody that doesn't do drugs. But it was like... uh um, I took acid and I was trying to scrape the stars off of Hollywood Boulevard. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So the opening sequence, slow. We're looking at LA. Be the way LA looks like such a fucking cesspool. Well, there's people juggling. I feel like LA looked like more of a cesspool than when they're trying to make New York look like a cesspool. Like, I don't know if it's just because like it's the sun and I am assuming everyone smells a little bit more because it's fucking always warm. But I was just like, LA seems so much fucking grosser than any time they try and show like a dreary New York City. All right. So always a fucking cesspool. It's disgusting. And then you see him. Big fucking Willie rolling on through. Like, I feel like I didn't mind the open sequence, which very much felt like an like a 90s music video. 
Because at one minute, I'm just like, wait, is that the guy from Lord of the Rings? Wait. Oh, shit. That's fucking Will Smith. Oh, fuck. He's in a wheelchair in this movie. Like, I feel like it gave you like a nice little taste where like they sprinkled in so many of the stars into that. That it was kind of fun. And then you finally get to see Will Smith after this interlude. And he's just fucking racing down the sidewalk. You're like, oh, my God. He's getting chased in his wheelchair. He looks young as fuck. Did anybody else like? I thought mm-hmm. he looked so he looked like a baby, mm-hmm. yeah. and he—you could tell—he was just like, "I don't swear in my reps. I'm the fucking fresh Prince of Bel Air." He dropped like I bet you it wasn't even in the script. He just dropped like four fucks in like the forty seconds he was on screen. He was like, "Motherfucking fuck this and fuck that and fuck fuck fuck." And I was like, "Wow, you're really trying to draw." a distinct line moving into your movie career. There's there's that. And in the later scene too, which I know that Will Smith isn't this kind of a rapper, you know, I mean, most rappers are like, are like cocky is Mm. one of the, you know, like, most rappers aren't doing just like I'm bashful, you know? Yeah. There's like bravado, right? The bravado, the cockiness, um, like the are you saying Will stuff. Smith? Wait, are you saying Will Smith is not that? No, 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 I'm saying he is different, but he's also not like quote unquote like I don't know. He's not hard, like hard street. Like he's not. You know what I mean? He's not talking about killing fucking cops in his in his rap music, right? He's talking about parents just don't understand and summertime and yeah. getting jiggy with them right. later in his career. Sure. So maybe it's not that big of a deal that this happened, but his other scene is he gets the shit kicked out of him. Where if mm. like you're like a hard rapper, or like a lot of times like a cocky rapper, that's like kind of your shtick. You might not I, like it was surprising that he took a role where he got the shit kicked out of him, and he's like because that's not a cool look. Like Fresh Prince, he's the coolest guy in the room the entire time mm. in that show. Yeah, like you know Will Smith legs cut off in a wheelchair homeless getting the shit kicked out of him by some like white dude in a no shirt on with a vest over his nipples mm-hmm. is not the coolest look yeah i mean and I, I would assume this would be the same case for all the actors in this movie but all especially the young ones the ones in their teens early 20s were probably like oh cool we can like get i don't know get gritty with this and mm-hmm. do something that's like a little bit more intense I think it's like a statement piece, like wanting to be in this movie. Um, the fact that it's like it was like an indie project and that they like basically paid all of them pretty much nothing. This was like you did this movie because you really fucking wanted to. It was like a passion project. So like the fact that this was Will Smith's first movie, I think is very deliberate on his hand. Like it's completely different from his Fresh Prince persona. He's dropping the curse words. Um, you know, he's doing that thing where I don't agree with it. Definitely more of the time, but like you play someone who has like a like a disability of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so many actors did that where it's just like, oh, like I feel like there was like a long time where, oh, you want an Oscar, you have to play someone who's, you know, differently abled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born on the 4th of July. Um, So I feel like this is just like so 
precise of a movie. And then he finally got the Oscar. Okay. <laughs> Kick okay. the shit out okay. of somebody. I'm just saying, I think it's a very interesting choice. Like this had this is a thought out choice where I've he could have gotten cast in a movie, I feel like. Like he I'm sure he could have there had to be other indie projects or even a little bit bigger movies that would have taken him that were like comedies or family friendly. Like he was a fucking fresh Prince of Bel-Air already for well, two years and already had hit songs and Grammys. Well, he does settle into that role. Like he does like men in black but, and uh, wild, wild, wild west. And but I feel like so then we're going to have to take a look at it as we move along was were those roles that he wanted to do or those roles that are like, dude, we're trying to mold you into being a box office success. These are the roles. This is the music that's going to get you there as where maybe he wanted to be a more serious actor. I mean, was it fourth movie and he does Independence Day? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, not, that not to fight against what you said, Mark, but to push push on a little bit you were comparing him to a nickelodeon actor and i i like the idea that's like he was just a triple threat and a lot of those nickelodeon kids are like singers dancers actors whatever um but to go to lily's point which i agree with he's not someone who's like okay they like me for my my rap that's kind of like geared towards all audiences and they like me for fresh prince Air, which it plays to families and all audiences so my movie career also has to have that. I like that from the get-go, like he didn't do four high school musicals and then finally was like, I need to shed this like goody two-shoe image and become the bad boy. He literally is in bad boys like in a few movies. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude was just doing it from the start. So I like that he didn't have to have that drastic like movie career where it's his first five movies were like an image that he had to shed. It was like, dude was just like, and that's probably what's going to help him in the long run was that like Will Smith came out of the gate being like, no, I, I can swear movies. I like, I'll do whatever. Like, let's go. And that probably helped him because Hollywood's like, cool, we're going to put you in fucking like crazy movies. Yeah. I also think I think a lot of child stars, this is what they end up doing. Like they play these family fun- friendly roles. They play this um, persona of the Fresh Prince, you know, something that's super marketable. And at some point they're just like, I need to do something completely different so I can be seen in a different light. You know what I mean? And like, and he still does like, this isn't even at like the end of his fresh Prince reign. This is, you know, 92 fresh Prince was nineties. Music French. Yeah. Music fresh Prince was even earlier than that. So, I mean, he was like, I want to try and do both. Like, I'm not done being wholesome. I'm not done being family friendly, but I also want to do something maybe for me that feels more adult and feels more grown up. And it, you know, it'll be interesting to see if it feels like, was he allowed to keep on that trend? Did he get pushed into more like um, family friendly roles, even if they were like a little bit more mature, like Independence Day? It'll be like interesting to see. Who wins out, the machine or Will Smith? Oh, we're going to watch iRobot. Um, mm. <laughs> and Nick, this reminds me of Michael J. Fox. Because what show was he on? The Simpsons? What was Michael J. Fox on? Yeah, The he Simpsons. He was definitely not The Simpsons. He plays Homer. Um, was it to his company? What the fuck ties. was the show? Family Ties. Family Ties. 
And he was someone when he transitioned to movies, it was still that like back to the future and mm-hmm. team wolf where he could be like goofy and family friendly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. What we're saying here, this is what we're saying. People we're saying Will Smith, he, he wanted to go there and he goes there in this movie. I mean, yeah, he took like a two bit role really. And yeah. I feel like, you know, he, I mean, sort of listen Milano. Like, I feel like that, you know, they were probably some like bigger names in this movie and they obviously just wanted to navigate into being seen as more adult. So they took these smaller roles that were yeah. like a little bit grimier. Can, real quick. This was uh, tickling, tickling my lobe a little bit. Don't like that saying. Um, the beginning King gets out of prison. Right. Mm-hmm. And. He goes to like a Christian metal concert. Love that. I want that movie. That was like the first scene of this. That whole was fucking movie. It ruined the movie for me because the rest of the time I was just like, man, I want to see <laughs> that Christian hair metal group movie. Like, I want that movie a la Spinal Tap. Well, but OK, so it wasn't. Um, that's not the first scene. The first scene is him talking to the chick from Just Shoot Me. And then, dude, yes, oh, and he just that's where she was from. Yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, she, she has famous. She has famous parents, right? Does she? Does she? I feel like she has famous parents. I'm going to look that up because I was Laura I San Giacomo. I remember Giacomo. disliking her because I was like, "Oh, she has famous parents." Anyways, I think most people do in Hollywood. Yeah, and I dislike that. Um, <laughs> so, why did he jump off the balcony? Like, what the? Because he, he was like, trying. Just- he was like trying to find his friends. Couldn't find them. He was calling your names. They couldn't hear him. So he cut the music. The Christians were not feeling very Christian about it. And then his friends go, jump, 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 because that's fucking hilarious. And this Christian crowd, no one but his two friends fucking caught him. And it was hilarious. They're just fun boys. All right. Uh, I, I just didn't understand what was happening. Also, listen. I don't know how old King was supposed to be in this movie, but he looked old as fuck. Like he looked like he was 30. He was, tw- he was supposed to be 20. Okay. He looked like like Will Smith looked young. Will Smith looked young. Um, Lil J. Lil J looked, Lil young. J looked yeah. young. Hobbit Sam looked young. Samwise, yeah. King looked like he had a son who had just run away yeah. from mom. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> Laura, she looked immaculate but she did not look 17 guys not to do a sidebar but mark you are right laura san giacomo from just shoot me her parents worked at a paper mill yeah i just saw that so they, <laughs> so they were, were super fucking famous in the paper famous. world they worked at dr mifflin <laughs> paper was little big, known back paper was big back then maybe my hate for her is unwarranted <laughs> who knows wow. who knew who the thunk it wow okay uh, Little yeah. little known star in this movie that I don't know if either of you picked up on, but Lily was very excited about my girl Joe from the Facts of Fucking Life, uh, dating the heroin dealer. Oh, Kyle McLaughlin or McLaughlin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Saying? Fucking I, Sex in the City guy was fucking Facts of Life well, girl. They're both drinking. Twin, Twin Peaks guy. Well, same. Yeah, he's he's same. blue velvet. He's had a. A long career. He's been in multiple things, Mark. Yeah, he's been in a lot. Holy shit. And that was great seeing him where you're just like, oh, cool. He's in here. 
Mm-hmm. Also, the beginning of this movie was the the my my two favorite problematic things in this movie. <laughs> I mean, problematic. I mean, whatever. It was. It, it doesn't matter. Um, the uh, this like the the uh, most of the dialogue in the first thirty minutes of this movie was them telling King and King telling other people to suck on penises. And how much dick have you sucked? Are you currently sucking on a dick? Whose dick did you suck? I did not notice that. It was all about dick sucking because he had just got out of prison. Oh, it was oh all yeah, about dick sucking. Yeah. And just the amount, the amount they called Ricky Lake fat. Okay. Ricky Lake. <laughs> so I, much. She should get a check in present day for how much they abused her on set. Holy shit. They roasted her. Yeah. And but it, was all, it was all coming from Lil J. He was the one who just couldn't stop with it. Like maybe someone else like didn't say she was fat, but said like, oh, she's heavy or whatever. But that the Lil J was just calling her fat the entire time. And I'm like, what a I don't punk. think it was scripted either. Well, here's the thing. Do you know who Lil J is? That no. is Belvisar Getty. Belvisar Getty. He is the son do you know the Getty like family? Getty images? Getty Oil, the big oil family. So famously, that uh, a teenager was kidnapped. Like I forgot who kidnapped him, and like they didn't want to give the ransom money, even though they were like, you know, worth a hundred billion dollars or whatever. The Getty family. Okay. Anyways, the kid that was in this movie was kidnapped, and his family went paid to get him back. Like the, the actor who played. Lil J was kidnapped in real life and his family wouldn't pay to get him back. His father was his when father. When his father, another Getty was kidnapped, the grandfather who owned the money, like the, the, the ransomers were like, we want a million dollars. And he's like, I am not going to give them a million dollars. I don't negotiate. Nice. I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> and they like fucking cut like, out his ear or something <laughs> like it's crazy. That's that wild. sounds like the most on brand oil tycoon story in yeah. history is insane anyways he's he comes from that family or whatever so how disappointed is that grandfather where he's just like listen you can steal my son i don't give a fuck i'm not giving you money and then his grandson goes to play um this fucking little dork in <laughs> this movie that no one watched well here's it's interesting about him so he played i think jack the lead character in lord of the flies the movie from oh shit the- yeah he's he's jack uh, and he would later go on to be in a David Lynch movie called Lost Highway, Lost Highway, which is a really good movie. Bill Pullman's in it. And the reason I bring this up is because while on the set of Lost Highway, uh, author David Foster Wallace, who wrote Infinite Jest, uh, had to do like a write up of the filming process. And this is what he had to say about Bel. How do you say it? Belvisar Getty? Belvisar. I don't know. Bulbasaur. Yeah. Let's Bulbasaur just say Getty. Bulbasaur. Yeah. Lil J. What do you say about Lil J? All right. Little J. He said uh, he was miscast and misdirected as a homeless kid in Where the Day Takes You. Like how, <sighs> like how does a homeless kid manage to have freshly moose in his hair every day or fresh mm-hmm. moose in his hair every day? Uh, but then he says, Let's see with Boba. The single most annoying thing about Belbasor Getty was that whenever David Lynch was around the director of that film, Getty would be very 
uh, overly respectful and ass kissy, but distinctive. Uh, but when Lynch wasn't around, Getty would make fun of him and do an imitation of his speaking voice. So anyways, David Foster Wallace had a problem with Getty being kind of like annoying little shit. And that comes across in this movie. What? You're telling me that a kid who grew up super fucking wealthy is an asshole? (laughs) How crazy. How how did Ricky Lake end up becoming Ricky Lake? John Waters. John Waters discovered her. So she was in Hairspray famously. No, I mean, but the talk show. I know talk show Ricky Lake. I I know. But before that. so charming. He was an actress before that. She kind of rolled with John Waters' troupe, and he made a bunch of films with her. And that's how she kind of got into the map. And then I don't know how the transition became to talk show, but that she started as an actress. I mean, even in this movie, I feel like most of the scenes that she is in, she steals. Even if it's like everyone calling her overweight or her like trying to fuck people i think she like i feel like she jumps off the screen Uh, in this movie i think everybody does a pretty good job except for the main character whoever the the guy playing king sucks Um, sucks. i think he was saddled with a hard role because like that's like a pretty obnoxious role like um i'm a runaway teen whose backstory you'll never learn Cause I'm one of many and he's kind of wise, but I'm wise and I keep the family together. Like, I mean, like Vin Diesel pulls it off. Does he? I feel like that's like just a shit role. Generally speaking, you know what I mean? Yeah. I ca- it kept reminding me of Matt Dillon and I prefer Matt Dillon, the outsiders, but I feel like that's the kind of role he's going for or the vibe he's going for. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely just like, you know, he's a little sick of the streets. Just gotta keep her. Yeah, it's just like an obnoxious role to play. And like, also, you know, he's a mediocre actor. So that's an issue. Uh, to kind of uh, trace back to what we were saying before, uh, I know I was going like, no, there's some like naturalistic shit in here and it's not contrived. But dude, they do the classic fucking sex scene in this in the <sighs> shower goes on way too long is like filtered through like mosaic glass of the shower yeah, and he was hurt yeah he was, you're gonna slip bud you're trying to get more hurt just got like the shit beat out of him potentially stabbed um his little brother his best friend just fucking pulled a gun and shot somebody his one friend just got picked up by the popo who like we should have a whole talk about them in a second and this is what I meant by like they were like romanticizing homelessness. Like I think it's so funny that the critics were like, "This was an honest look at homelessness." And it's like you have them jumping on trains, riding to honestly, it seemed like nowhere, just I don't know for funsies. And then oh yeah, then they run hotels and have like long fuck scenes in the shower, like. How are you trying to pretend that they're not romanticizing someone when this movie does not call for like a hypersexual, sensuous sex scene? And it was, oh yeah, it was in the shower. I guess that's the best. If you're going to have sex with a homeless person, let's get <laughs> in the, the shower. shower. <laughs> or let's just both shower first. Like, listen, one. She does say he smells. She yeah, says she smells. repeatedly. Hot. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what her 30 bucks bought her hotel wise, 
but that was a massive fucking shower because just like the way they kept cutting it, they seemed like they could roll for days on this shower door Two, guys. Let's all just fucking own up to it a minute. Shower sex. Isn't that sexy? It's not that sensual. It's just always someone getting either pelted with water, someone not in water and kind of cold. Like it's like, it's not sexy. Okay. Especially I assume if you've been like sleeping on the street for weeks and weeks, like you probably would like to fuck on a nice comfy bed. And then here's my other issue with it. Oh, like long, sexy shower scene with a 17 year old girl. Don't think that's legal in California. And then at the end, let's have her talk about how her brother was fucking molesting her as they're both still naked in bed. Well, he's oh, only 15. The main character is only supposed to. Be no, he's not. Why, you dummy. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we cast this 50 year old. <laughs> <15-year-old. laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, he had like that. That scene felt patronizing. They blew the budget on that. It was it was a long that shower. <laughs> but like, then, yeah, did they just want to see Laura shirtless? Yes. But see, they'll do a scene like that, right? Where it's like a sexy 80s, even though this is 90s, 80s sex scene, whatever, in the shower, yada, yada, yada. But then they'll do a scene of someone who's like, hey, I have a gun. Whoa, David Arquette's here. He's like, dude, you need bullets for the gun. How am I supposed to get bullets? Well, go to this guy and fucking like jerk off in front of him and he might give you money. Um, so that like I felt counterbalanced the like ridiculous like Hollywood cliche scenes. Because that David Arquette scene just hanging out on a balcony, he should have been in more of the movie. He was so yeah, natural. he's great. I- I feel like I enjoyed those apartment scenes with him and Alyssa Milano's character. And honestly, I kind of enjoyed LJ and like the grown adult content because yeah. that was, was weird. Because it's like, is is this sexual? Like, what the fuck is going on in this scenario? I think that was more enjoyable than watching them fucking fornicate in a shower. Every, every story from Samwise of the Shire going to more door, more heroin. No, oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. To uh, uh, little junks, fucking quest for bullets. Mm-hmm. To more door, more bullets. Um, to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Will Smith. Will Smith getting the shit kicked out of him. Those were all more interesting storylines than fucking King and. Laura Croft, fuck it, whatever. (laughs) Well, because isn't there always something obnoxious where it's like the story starts off with a newbie so you can learn all about this community through her eyes? It's like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe just give me a movie where it's just Will Smith's character and show me how the fuck you navigate being a homeless and a wheelchair and like. I don't know. Like, that would be interesting. Give me more of, you know, more math, more door, more more math. I don't know. Like, you know, give me, yeah, give me the weird apartment that like five semi hookers are all sharing. Give me that middle aged man 
letting a homeless boy stay in his house and then realizing that he made a grave miscalculation. I'm I'm saying those stories are more interesting than. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and what I would and what I agree with both of you and what I would say is this movie luckily isn't completely dedicated to the main storyline that they do go. We're going to jump to Sean Astin and he doesn't have to be seen through the eyes of Laura Flynn Boyle's character, or we're going to jump to little Jay trying to get bullets. And we don't have to have fucking King in the background, like also being there. It's like, no, okay. That's kind of the main characters and the main storyline, but we're going to jump to the individual people, see what they're doing, which saved the movie. Because I swear to God, it was from their perspective, the entire movie that would have been the patronizing. That would have been like, oh, great. Like, I'm glad I get why they introduced, like, here's the runaway and getting introduced to the crew. But I don't think they did it too crazy where they beat you over the head. Maybe in the first scene where she has to meet everyone. But mm-hmm. I don't think they went too nuts where she's like keeping a journal and being like, they seem to not use currency down here. Currency, <laughs> currency is savers I, or something. It's like, what? I did also enjoy that they were like, you don't need anyone's fucking backstory. Like, Ricky Lake, I'm not even sure if her character was homeless or if she just hung out with homeless kids I or if she was a runaway. I don't know, like, Will Smith's character's backstory. I... You you'd find out a little bit about LJ's backstory, but I think the way they did it was really great where he was kind of blase about it. Just like, like, when's the first time you had sex with a man? And just like, oh, fuck, I guess with my uncle. Huh? Who would have thunk that? Like King's backstory you never hear about. They only do it like once or twice kind of patronizingly, like with Heather's character. Like, well, this happened to me. So I, I do agree with you i feel like they did at least save themselves by not being like hey we need to make sure we know everyone's individual story and even like uh freaking mordor himself like they showed him going into his parents house and he seems like he comes from like an affluent life he's got a stepmom but they don't really get into like why he ran away from home so i kind of appreciated that i wanted more of uh of the guy that's going to Dallas. Oh, later day. days and better ways. Yeah, that guy's the <laughs> fucking best. Is that the guy who hooked up with Ricky Lake? Uh, so, he had like glasses, like uh, sunglasses, and like longer hair. hair. Oh, yeah, I think him and Ricky Lake. And him and King kept being like, you fucking smell. And it's like, no, that's a you that smells. <laughs> yeah, they, more of that guy. I, I did like that guy. He reminded me of a lot of people we've known, right? You know, I feel like you have to know who I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, okay. You know what scene in the movie I could not handle? And I'll say this. Kudos. Kudos to them. Because I feel like this was one of the grosser things I've seen in movies. The fucking vomit scenes when um oh, he's like overdosing were brutal. That shit legitimately looked like vomit. It was so grotesque. It was all over him. Like, I hope they blew the budget on those vomit scenes because it was too realistic for me. I like felt nauseous. 
Yeah, like I I get you got to show vomit, but he has to do like a whole monologue in the bathroom with like vomit on the side of his face. Yeah, throw like, a towel. Oh my god, the vomit on his face, Eric! Like it like was turd colored, and it was also like going down his chest in uh, like his yeah. patches of hair. Oh, it takes was- me out of the movie. Unfortunately, I'm just like I'm not I'm not looking at the screen anymore. This is just disgusting. You know what? Though <laughs> I I'll give it to it though because it's like. That's that gross out shit. Like when you vomit and I assume when you're like in the midst of ODing and you're vomiting, you're not going to sit there and fucking wipe your face off. Like I feel like sometimes people do it too pretty and they were like, no, he's going to turn fucking gray and he's going to look worse and worse as the movie goes on. There is going to be the most gnarly looking vomit like. Did it wait? We were talking about John Waters, right? Yeah, did it? Is he the one that t- did the shot where a, a a dog took a shit and then a lady came and ate it? Yeah, divine ate it. Yeah, that's in Pink Flamingos. Um, uh, yeah, John Waters is scenes. fucking awesome. Hell <laughs> <John laughs> yeah! Oh, you have to look away when Sean Aston has some uh, fake puke at his chest, but he's got ladies eating dog shit. I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's like jackass. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> For I just want to say for everyone who's out there making like horror films like low budget horror films dude fuck the fake blood you fill your movie with fake vomit it's gonna be 10 times scarier 10 times gorier because what they did with this vomit was disgusting like evil dead isn't that what we watched at your house dude they replaced all the blood in that movie with vomit Woo! that would have been the scariest movie of a lifetime can I tell you guys about the time John Waters yelled at me? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I work I work at the Maryland Film Festival sometimes as a projectionist. Actually, every time as a projectionist. And um, <laughs> and I was there and John Waters, famously from Baltimore, shot a lot of his movies in Baltimore. He frequents the festival. And the last time I was at the film festival, he showed up to a screening in my theater. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And where the projection booth is in my theater people have to pass it to get into the theater. And I usually just hung out outside the door to watch people go into the theater. Um, So John Waters comes in, you know, we make eye contact, maybe a nod. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He's here in my theater. He goes, finds his seat. Here's the thing at a film festival before every movie, in particular, this film festival, a person comes and speaks or whatever. Usually just someone from the area is just like, you're about to watch this movie. We're going to have a filmmaker Q&A later, whatever, whatever. Just kind of introducing me. Sometimes the filmmakers there, sometimes they're not. That person got like stuck in traffic and wasn't there. And the movie had to start, say, at 10 a.m. And it's now 9.55. The guy still hasn't shown up. It's 10 a.m. The person's still not there. And I'm like, I got to start this movie because at film festivals, like you're trying to make your next movie at noon. You're trying to make your next movie. You know, movies are playing all day. Yeah. And I kept going to the person of the venue and I'm like, I'm about to start this movie. Like you absolutely cannot start until the person comes and introduces the movie. You cannot start this movie without them. I'm like, I got to start. I got started. This person's convincing me not to start the movie. Long story short, John Wars came and yelled at me and said, you need to start this movie. And so I'm like, yes, yeah. sir. And I like, did he like yell at you, yell at you? Or he just come be like, hey, start it was kind of like, dude, what is going on? Why aren't you starting this movie? So it felt a little directed at me. And I'm like, you who got is, it, boss. I am starting this movie. Who is in charge in that scenario? Like, are you the productionist in charge of like when 
when that movie starts is the person who is telling you not to start it. The one who's in charge, like who's at the end of the day, who gets to really make that call? John Waters. <laughs> yeah, you always need him around. <laughs> he told me to start it, and I started it. Was that your only interaction with him? All right, so yeah, here's my pretty awesome. Wow. Here's my question: As we go deeper into Will Smith, okay. this is all right, yeah, right? Yeah. Is this okay? Yeah. What movie? Looking forward, are you excited for what movie are you dreading? Do you have an hour? I got so many. No, just you just have to say it. <laughs> I think I'm looking forward to Bad Boys. I've never seen Bad Boys. I'm looking forward to Bad, Bad Boys. Boys. It's fun. It's adult. Um, it like I'm I'm excited for some of his action movies. Like you know, Men in Black will be fun. I think I'm excited for Men in Black. Just like. Because that's really where like the music and the movies kind of come together. So that's kind yeah. of interesting. I am like not looking forward to Pursuit of Happiness because I saw that. I, you know what? I'll say this. I am not looking forward to any movie that he decided to shoehorn his children into. Guys, this is a big thing, but we have an M. Night movie in this. He what? Was in, he was in After Earth. Oh, yeah. Movie After Earth. Fun. And that's is that an, an M. Night movie? With that Boston accent. Yeah, it's an M Night movie, so it's we'll we'll get to show. Is that the one where his kids in it? Yeah, yeah, his kids the lead, Jaden's the lead. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the Bad Boys. I'm looking forward to all three Men in Black movies. I'm looking forward to Ali. He's not in the third. Yeah, he's in the third. Tommy Lee Jones is not in the third. Josh Brolin's like playing a younger version of Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, you're thinking the fourth. Oh, I'm thinking the fourth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Hitch? Anyone like Hitch? I'm, I'm Honestly, like, I like Hitch. Uh, I'm with and you. then, and then also iRobot. <laughs> I'm looking forward to iRobot. Are you? I am dreading because I've seen most of it recently. Dreading Wild Wild West. I don't oh, think really? you realize how we did watch that recently. How bad of a fucking movie Wild Wild West is. Yeah, you know, that one's so hard for me to oh. find bad because that song is just so. Good. Uh, song is one of his best songs. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's great. I, I'm looking forward to Enemy of the State. Yes, Mark. Yeah. Enemy of the State, a grimy, like, it's all about what it, it was all about, like, surveillance. Cameras, yeah. We, we, we were all surveillance way, scared. That's Tony Scott, who made Top Gun with Tom Cruise and made Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise. He oh, made Enemy geez. of the State. With wow. Will Smith. He's got some good ones. He's got some bad ones. <laughs> I'm not saying that Enemy of the State will be good. I'm just saying I'm excited to, to see yeah. what what because I, I was one of those movies that I saw as a kid, like as it came out. Mm, and for yeah. some reason I gravitated to it, probably because of Will Smith. Yeah, probably. Gravitated to it. Like it a as a cool, kid. And not to get too far along, because we'll probably talk about this for Enemy of the State. That came after a series of like Men in Black, Independence Day, Wild Wild West. I feel like that came just shy after those. So it was like a return to like an R-rated, intense Will Smith and not maybe so much the the comedic Men in Black vibe. I'm kind of excited to see some of like his serious stuff. I mean, not Pursuit of Happiness because that's a hunk of shit. But like, I've never seen like the Muhammad Ali. Uh, we didn't watch the King Richard at this point. I purposely didn't watch it because we were going to start this. So, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, looking. I'm excited to see. I think most of the Will Smith movies I've seen are um, 
either like lighthearted or they're like, you know, his big colossal ones where you're like, oh, like where he's almost basically just playing Will Smith. Oh, I can't. Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking blow my brains out when we have to watch Aladdin Tinker. (sighs) Little, little, little fairy. What is it called? It's oh, Netflix one. Brightly. Bright. Oh, bright. Bright. Oh bright. my God, that one sucked. I don't know. I haven't seen the new Aladdin, so I'm. Um. It, it, have you seen any of like the Disney live actions? Yeah, I saw Beauty and the Beast. It's it's the same. It's like it's just mostly like why why did you do this you didn't need to you know what i mean like it doesn't bring anything good to the table so here's the question i want to ask you two with tom cruise doing night cruising was this cool experiment because tom cruise has such an image of like he's a certain type of actor Mm -hmm. and you know he's not prestige and then we watched his entire filmography and we're like holy fuck he did some really diverse work Mm -hmm. and his image right now is kind of like not exactly who his full work represented. I feel like with Will Smith, the common consensus is that he was like a good actor. Like this isn't some weird, like Tom Cruise had to prove himself. I feel like Will Smith generally has been just like, oh yeah, it's not like he's a tryhard or something. Like he's generally looked at. He's done some really good movies, right? Like it's serious, dramatic. He's done some really good movies, but. He had a long time where he was doing some real shit movies. I think what's interesting with Will Smith is his personal life recently is that he's a big old cuck. And we're going to oh get into God. that. He is. He's turned into like a weird big cuck. Like the whole thing was that like he said recently, every time he had sex early on, and every time he came, he'd throw up. <laughs> I did read that. Don't, don't we all? <laughs> um, and then he slapped Chris, uh, Chris Rock. Like he's a weirdo now okay but we're like okay here's the thing we want longevity here mark like yes that stuff just happened in the zeitgeist and like sorry will that's like forever going to be a part of your legacy but one he has slept with multiple people over the years so we can get into that like he has a lot of drama outside of just this one singular slap that we can get into i think i'm I don't know that I necessarily think of Will Smith as like a great actor. Like, I don't look at him and just like, oh, my God, like, you know, he'll go down. It's just like a terrific movie actor. I think of him as like Will Smith. You know what I mean? Like, he's almost like his own entity because he does so much. Mm. And so I feel like I'm kind of interested to see like, how do things parlay off each other? Like, would he be who he was if he didn't rap? Like, would some of the movies be as successful if he wasn't cutting a single for the songs? Um, do we feel like his acting's on a level where, you know, fuck television, fuck music, he would have become a huge movie star without either of those? Or is it like, you know... Does he need those things? My theory is without music, without the TV show, if he was just a straight, straight up doing acting, uh, my theory is that, yeah, he would be exactly the same. I think 
those aren't band-aids over poor acting they are enhancements to a tremendous talent (laughs) i think no i'm with you but i think as we go we're gonna get into this because like we're towards the end of this episode but we should call it the elephant in the room there is a large difference between our first season tom cruise and our second will smith will smith is fucking black guys like i think how he navigates the industry is vastly different than how Tom Cruise would navigate the industry. And I, I'm very curious to go through this process with you guys and really talk about things. How important was it for him to have a successful movie career by first being a clean rapper by being funny and easy TV show where it made him palpable to certain audiences that, you know, would have been like, oh, that's just a black movie. Oh, like, you know, like bad boys. How many pe- how many white people end up going to see that movie because they're like, oh, that's the Fresh Prince or like we know Martin him. or that's Martin. Well, White people like Martin. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't for them. Uh, also, you know, uh, like they literally have like Carlton. Like he's t- got like the doofy dance. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think it is like a very important, and we'd be very remiss to negate that Will Smith's walk through box office success and through success in Hollywood is a very different walk than someone like Tom Cruise would have to take. Also, there's just like Tom Cruise couldn't play his character in Legend of Bagger Vance. And um, Will Smith has a movie coming out called Emancipation. I don't think Tom Cruise could play that character either. Well, there's like stuff like that, too. Yes, obviously. But I'm just saying like. I am interested to see how much of the music stuff helped with the box office stuff. You know what I mean? If he was out there doing DMX type music, is he getting the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Nickelodeon, you know, if he's out there just cursing and like being Eminem and talking about like raping wives and stuff. Are people going to see Independence Day starring him? You know what I'm saying? I mean, people do go and see Snoop Dogg movies. And are we there yet with us? Okay, here's the thing. I mean, we can get into that with Snoop Dogg. That motherfucker is now so paired up with Martha Stewart. Like, he definitely has multiple personas that he takes on to get specific audiences. You know what? I I did want to bring up one thing and I want this on the record. Uh, After the slap, which I, I don't know if I feel one way or other about it. uh, Someone had tweeted something to the effect of like, this is so shocking because it happened on live TV. And all I could think is like, dude, I can pull up a hundred like YouTube 
compilations of people getting the shit kicked out of them on live TV where it's like David Letterman and a guest like kicks another guest in the throat or if it's like ESPN and like someone's like you didn't get that one touchdown and the like the person gets up out of their chair and punches like the reporter out and you're like holy shit like dude this is on live TV baby all the time let's go yeah, but it's Will Smith Chris I, Rock. Think, I think that's why we're gonna have to get into it like why is it that we go the slap is crazy because it's will smith because he's like uh, one of the most famous people in the entire world i know i'm just saying i think yeah, huh, it's not like fucking yeah like david arquette goes and slaps chris rock i'm like yeah <laughs> that may make sense you know christian slater does it right like, eh. oh my god i we should do a christian slater one right. <laughs> um, watching can i I want to bring up one more thing before we sign off. How long have we been going? Don't worry uh, about it. So I started watching a show. We're not sponsored by Apple TV, but I, I got to bring up a show on Apple TV. Service it's called the It's called the Long Way Round. Do you guys have Apple TV? We do because we watch the servant that we've been trying to get you, Mister. I love M Night so much to watch. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. So long way round is Ewan McGregor and his best friend, Charlie. It's a reality show in 2004 decide they want to go around the entire planet, the entire planet from London to New York city on motorcycles. Um, and they were going to do the whole trip. And so it's just documenting and filming it. And you think about this, okay, London to New York city, they're traveling like through Russia and Mongolia and like, these like deserted wastelands of just land that no one lives on and like gasoline is scarce and like you can get like abducted or someone who don't like you because you're there in their country in the middle of nowhere and you know they can shoot you or whatever or you can starve or you can get injured on a fucking motorcycle and there's not a hospital around you're in the middle of Mongolia what the fuck are you supposed to do so there's all this like treacherous stuff that like is getting your brain rattling you and McGregor literally five hours into the trip of all the bad things that can happen he's filling up gasoline <laughs> at a gas station and he gets flooded in the face with pure gasoline or petroleum <laughs> into his eyes just Why? trying to fill up his motorcycle like five hours away like, from it him. was he's so rich that he has not filled up a gas tank on his own and so he didn't know how to do it Here's the crazy part. He does it again. Jesus, <laughs> what a clown. <laughs> like, later, like, like talk about trip. being out of fucking touch. Yeah. Like the trip's like three months long. And like a month later, he goes to another gas station. And it's so fucked up. It's the first time it happens. They're like, oh, my God. He just got LASIK like a month ago. Um, <laughs> we need, <laughs> we need what is this? <laughs> It like so it went right into his eyes and petroleum burns away your retinas and like will burn away like your eyes pretty much if it gets in there. So they're like flooding it with water. They're trying to help him. And like they're like, you need to go see an eye doctor. Like we have another 112 days to get through and we're in the first five hours of our trip. So he goes to the eye doctor. They're like, you know what? Like if your eyesight starts changing, you just got to stop riding your motorcycle. So that's like crazy and like everyone's so downtrodden because they're like, we cannot let something like this happen. Dude, it happens again. He gets <laughs> Just filling up his motorcycle in like the middle of Mongolia. To kill like, himself. <laughs> and like, I'm like, what is going on? So watch that show because it's fucking hilarious. What the fuck? Like, this seems like a show that did not need to be made. Oh, they did it two more seasons, apparently, because I haven't finished Ooh! this one. This one, they go around the world. And then like in another one, they go from like, 
the tip of South America, like all the way up to California. Doesn't um, he how- have like a bunch of children that he could like go home and father? Yeah, but if you have the money <laughs> to go around the world on a motorcycle, you're doing it. Would I? Or would I go in like the lap of fucking luxury? <laughs> Here's okay. what's crazy. So while they're going through Mongolia, it's like super hard because at one point, like roads are just not around and you're just like traveling through like swamp or rocks. Like it's not, it's not conducive to what you're doing and they're just stressed, but at least like they're kind of like sun worn and they have to like band together to be like comrades in arms to like get through the situation. Hard cut to them, like arriving in Alaska where there's just like all these paved roads everywhere. They're smoking cigarettes. They're drinking beer. Finally, I'm like, dude, that's that's what happens when you get to fucking America. They're going to the diners. They're getting eggs and bacon. I'm literally going to get off the Zoom and I'm going <laughs> to call my personal friend. I'm night and be like, Eric is such an asshole that he is watching this weirdo show instead of clicking on the servant and he will never fund any of your projects in the future or let you marry his daughters. What? Yeah. So that's what you get. You're choosing Ewan McGregor over M night and watch it. So what is our next Will Smith movie? Six Six degrees. Six degrees. We'll see if he's in. Here's the thing. You you guys were fucking me up because you kept calling it six degrees and I knew that was wrong. It's six degrees of separation. Yeah, I think everybody knows that's what the saying is. Think Kevin no. Bacon's in it? Six degrees of separation from Kevin uh, Bacon. No, but uh, Gandalf's in it from Lord of the Rings. Game oh, fuck yeah. I, I just almost finished all the Hobbit movies. Ugh. Great. Yeah, not yeah. great. Not <laughs> fucking great. Whoa, dude. I'm looking at the cast for Six Degrees of Separation. J.J. Abrams plays a character. This is weird. Uh, here's the other thing. Me and Mark have seen this movie before. No, we haven't. We rent it from the library. It might jar your memory when you watch it. When we were kids, we saw this as like children. Pete Will Smith's in it. Is it like a child's movie? It looks like no, no, no. It's very much an adult movie. And there was there's um, I don't even know Will Smith's like even the main character in it. I don't think he is. He's on the cover of it though. All right, okay, but where the day takes you, he's credited on the poster. And now the move, not that it's getting any traction. Yeah. But that's like how streaming tries to get people to watch it being like Will Smith's first movie. Damn. And then people probably watch and are like super disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So six degrees of separation. Wild, I'm wild, excited. Will. I'm excited to the road ahead. I'm excited to watch all these movies. Yeah. I think it'll be like very uh, weird different interesting road all right guys bye